Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zerah Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Our focus in this study is going to be the tribe of Ephraim. And we know that there is a close relationship between that tribe, oftentimes the half-tribe, and the other half-tribe, Manasseh. Why are they half-tribes? Because Manasseh and Ephraim, these two sons, were the sons of Joseph. So Joseph is one tribe, and these two sons who produced a people, the people that came from them, they represent the tribe of Joseph, but they are designated as the half-tribe, Manasseh, and the other half-tribe, Ephraim. But for the most part, we are going to emphasize that term, Ephraim. Why? Well, Ephraim comes from a Hebrew word that relates to fruitfulness. And God is going to work with his people to make them fruitful. What we need to remember is there was a divided monarchy. That division came about because of faithlessness. It came because people wanted to serve God and do so according to their thoughts, according to their ability, rather than trusting God and his word and his instructions for how to respond. And because of that, and I'm speaking about Malik Shlomo, King Solomon, because of the corruption, the idolatry, the foreign wives, and other problems that plagued the empire, the kingdom of Israel, we have that prophecy that the nation was going to be divided. The southern kingdom would be called Judah, and the northern kingdom would call, be called Israel. But we see prophetically that that northern kingdom is also known as Ephraim. Why? If we're only talking about, percentage-wise, a small percent of those who made up that northern kingdom, why the name Ephraim? Well, there's a purpose. This northern kingdom became utterly corrupt. They were full of idolatry. And because the people were indeed idol worshipers turning away from Jerusalem and temple worship and the laws of Moses and inventing their own religion was rooted in, <laughs> excuse me, idolatry, paganism. This assimilation came about and caused, as we know, that northern kingdom, Israel, to be taken into exile by Assyria. And in one sense, that, that exile has not ended. Now, obviously, some of the people, when they left that northern kingdom, they made their way back to the southern kingdom. So we're not talking about all these people being lost. 
I believe today there are representatives of all the tribes within what's referred to as the Jewish people. But prophetically, and this is what I want to emphasize, prophetically, we call Israel Ephraim because God is going to bring about a wonderful, a fruitful change. Remember that meaning of Ephraim, fruitfulness. He is going to make them once again fruitful. And how is he going to do that? Through redemption. Israel finally recognizing that redemptive call. And it's through that redemptive call receiving the gospel. That's what the redemptive call is. Receiving the gospel that people become fruitful. And the term Ephraim has to do with abundance. It's in the plural. So it's abundant fruitfulness. Now, what we're going to do, and remember that we are in the book of Joshua. And by the way, we're going to have a very short teaching tonight. Just a few verses that make up this 16th chapter. We'll primarily just read these verses and conclude. Very little commentary. But I want to introduce it properly. We're dealing with, in the section that we've been in for the last several weeks, the distribution of the promised land. We've seen first the distribution on the east side of the Jordan River. And now we began a few weeks ago with the distribution on the western side, what's commonly called the land of Canaan. And we saw that it began with Judah. And now, next, Ephraim. And again, this is prophetic. Why? Well, we know, for example, in Ezekiel, it talks about these two sticks, and it's Judah and Ephraim, that are going to be made one. There's going to be a reunification of this divided monarchy, this divided kingdom. And it's going to come together under the leadership of Messiah. So it's a last day happening. And so we should expect that there would be that return back to the land among the Jewish people, including those from Ephraim, that northern kingdom, and that God is going to make them fruitful. Now, again, as we read this 16th chapter of Joshua, and if you haven't already, I would invite you to open up your Bibles to that location, Joshua chapter 16. And we're going to see that there's an emphasis on Ephraim, but also Manasseh is going to be discussed. And we're dealing primarily with the land of Ephraim, but there's going to be a connection with that land and the allotment that was given to Manasseh. One last comment before we begin. And you might recall that, that in the scripture, who received the preference it was Ephraim where did it begin well going back all the way to Genesis chapter 48 when when Yaakov blessed Joseph he blessed the two sons of Joseph and remember how he moved his hands this way in order that his right hand would be upon Ephraim Joseph had positioned them so that his father's right hand would be on Manasseh. But, but Yaakov, being, being old, but being prophetically wise, he moved his hands with understanding, with intent, 
to put the preferred blessing upon the younger that is upon ephraim speaking about how this people that would come out of egypt would be fruitful that's their call to be a fruitful people but i want to point out that in the last days there's going to be a change in the kingdom there's going to be a change because when we look at revelation chapter 7 and the sealing of the 12 tribes we see that dan a faithless tribe one that did not want to take possession of the land that god had assigned but went elsewhere we see that dan was not mentioned but it was manashe not ephraim but manashe why well this foreshadows a restoration this shows that there's going to be going back to that order the last thing i want to say before we begin reading is that a reminder that in first chronicles chapter 5 we see that reuven the firstborn of yaakov because of a profane activity that he did won't go into that now you could read about it but because of his sin that firstborn right was taken away from him he didn't get the blessing who got the blessing the sons of joseph very prophetic very significant and we see that 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 ephraim and menashe became the firstborn and we need to remember that as we look now after judah the messianic tribe after they received their land we now turn our attention to ephraim and menashe but again in this time allotment ephraim dominates Manash, Manashe in the end, but now Ephraim. Look, if you would, to Joshua chapter 16 and verse 1. The, the lot, and it's that word goral, it's a distribution, I've said this before, not by desire, not by human des- uh, designation, but by God. And therefore it says, the lot went forth for the children of Joseph. So again, we see that reinforcement, although the emphasis is upon his sons, it has to do with the tribe of Joseph. And where is their allotment, their goral, their inheritance? Well, it says, from the Jordan. So we begin, when we look at that map and trying to discern their allotment of land and let me just simply say we're going to be coming upon different uh, words and descriptions places cities that that many of them we're not familiar with they're only mentioned here or just a few places other but not much is told to us about a general location so we can't be specific and in fact in preparing for this study i went online i went to different resources reference books and it's amazing that that so many of them do not follow the scripture in regard to the borders of ephraim they give different borders they do not say on their maps what is said in the scripture look again at verse one the lot went forth 
for the sons of joseph from the jordan it begins at the jordan now the jordan is many many kilometers it's a long river that that begins north of the sea of galilee and it feeds into it and it comes out of it and goes from the southern part of the sea of galilee the canaret all the way through the jordan river valley and goes past jericho unto and enters into the dead sea now this is important because if we simply said the jordan we're talking about a rather large a encompassing amount of land but here it's specific it says from the jordan and then we have the term jericho jericho which is specific so its borders begin on the jordan the jordan river where by jericho and it says specifically the waters of jericho on the east towards the east so speaking about jericho and the waters east of jericho which encompass the jordan river there and then it says look at the second part of verse one in that area is a wilderness a desert we call it midbar yuda so in that area a very dry arid place and also some of it very hilly mountainous it says the wilderness goes up from jericho and notice into the hilly region unto the hill or the mountain which contains notice this bet el now bet el is one of the places we know where it is in fact today you can go to a small settlement north of jerusalem that's called bet el it's mentioned in the bible and therefore we we don't have to guess we know about this place so one of the key places that includes included within the allotment given to ephraim is this place bet el now let's look at verse 2 and goes forth so this border will go forth from bet el to Luz. and here again that's also mentioned again in the book of genesis so we have a general location of Luz, where it is and by the way of course jericho is east of jerusalem and we're talking about the allotment of land north of jerusalem primarily on the eastern side but we're going to see that that land goes all the way of ephraim all the way from the jordan to the great sea the mediterranean sea so if you look on many apps they don't include this but when you look at the scripture they ought to that's why we always have to not rely upon others but our own study this will be clearer in a moment again verse 2 and goes forth from bet el towards luz and passes to the border of Arki. now this is a place i don't know where it is have not been able to find much information concerning this so the border of Arki, and then we have the place atarot 
a place that's also mentioned a few times in the scripture and we're going to see that Atarot is mentioned several times in this 16th chapter so it's one of the key cities that's going to give us an understanding for this allotment this inheritance now verse 3 and it goes down and then we have yama yama means to the west and we're talking about to the western sea which is the mediterranean so now from that location of atarot it's going to go towards the west in the direction of the sea to the border of yafleti again do we know where that is i do not but we're given these terms to help us understand generally where it is and it continues it says unto bet horon and then we have the term takton which is the lower place now bet horon is going to be mentioned twice and it's going to be mentioned as a city that that is part of Ephraim but is going to be mentioned the lower portion of that city later on the upper portion of that city so this city is going to have a dual purpose for a dual inheritance and the reason of that is to join people together to keep them not as separate tribes but as a way of bringing together unity so unto the border of lower the lower regions of bet horon unto keep reading in verse three unto and it's a term gazer now many times it's called gezer but here it's gazer and the emphasis gazer is on the first syllable and then it says and these were it's going forth now it's a word for for results this is the results these are the conclusions we might say towards the sea towards the western portion these places that we have just mentioned look now to verse 4. verse 4 shows us that there's going to be a unity there's going to be some overlapping between ephraim and his brother manasseh now one of the reasons that this is going to be is because remember for the most part manashe his inheritance is on the east side of the jordan river and his brother is going to be on the western side and the reason for this this situation that they are half tribes is to keep a connection between those on the east and those on the west not that they would break off but that they would understand they're part of the same heritage and so the tribe of joseph being seen as ephraim and manasseh are brought together in unity in their their allotment look now to verse four the sons of joseph that is the children of joseph they inherited and who are these sons of joseph menashe and ephraim again wanting to tie them together as one tribe the half tribe and the half tribe one tribe to to keep that unity within that tribe and unity between the east 
and the west the east side of the jordan and the west verse verse 5 and it came about that the border of the children of ephraim and for their families now he's going to be specific the border for the children of ephraim and their families it came about that the border of their inheritance on the east and we have that same term atarot but here it's atarot adar so a a specific des- designation for this city atarot atarot adar unto and notice the connection unto bet haron elion the upper portion so we have the lower portion and the upper portion being discussed as a way of unifying this tribe verse six the border went forth of the west so the western border went forth and that word west again of the sea towards the sea it went forth and it says it did so of mikmeta from the north so the northern portion of that western border is this place mikmeta and it went around the border went around towards the east to a place and this is known tanat shiloh we all know shiloh the place at first that the tabernacle was set up in a permanent way long term at shiloh it didn't keep moving from place to place once the children of israel inherited the land of canaan the tabernacle for for approximately 400 years a little bit more was at was at shiloh so we he, see here this designation tanat tana is fig tree so the fig tree of shiloh a designation within that that location and pass it towards the east to a town a location called yanocha so where is that again we do not know and verse 7 it goes down from yanucha once again towards atarot and also another city naarata towards narat so very important that we see again this city atarot and another one close by being used again as a a pinpointing its jurisdiction its allotment of land and it says in coming back to that location it it came to jericho so jericho not just in that area but also including that area and it went forth where unto the jordan so all of this area where was shiloh bet el luz jericho the jordan going towards the sea the great sea and we're going to see it even goes out this allotment to the shore of that sea why well look carefully at verse 8 from tapuach the border westward goes forth to Nahal Kana. And its results, its ending point, its results were of the sea. Now I've seen a few maps, not many, that does indeed show that the allotment 
of the land of Ephraim did include access to the sea. A very important piece of information. So this is what we see here in verse 8 where it says, Vehayu tots otav. And these were its results, the border results, what they included perhaps the exterior, the uttermost parts towards the sea. And then it says, look at the end of verse 8, Zot nachalat mate bane Ephraim le kotam. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the, of the sons of Ephraim according to their families. So a summary statement. Now look, if you would, to verse 9. I mentioned that there is that coming together, this unity, wanting to keep that for all the tribes and it was a tribe of joseph that was foundational in keeping this unity look at verse 9 and the cities and these would be perhaps the isolated cities the cities that are are somewhat far off now remember the reason why it's being mentioned here is that joseph is to keep the connection that's one of of his purposes of that tribe so it says the the isolated cities of the children of Ephraim were in the midst were in the midst of the allotment of who the children of Ephraim so some of the isolated places that perhaps Ephraim was called to settle but actually did not or sparsely did so they were in the allotment towards Ephraim meaning this this tribe the tribe of joseph had land that was in the land of canaan that extended from the jordan river to the mediterranean sea but also went into the allotment that was given on the other side and that is where ephraim was or ephraim also had some land on the western side in order to keep this this connection notice it says verse 9 these isolated cities of the tribe of or the sons of ephraim were in the midst of the tribe the allotment of the sons of manasseh and this was all their cities and their places of jurisdiction their courtyards key places that that this tribe held for the purpose of administration last verse verse 10 but they did not inherit this is a word for taking possession of they did not inherit the kani meaning the canaanites the ones that dwell where again gazer they did not take possession of those canaanites that were there meaning all of that land and it says the canaanites dwell in the midst of ephraim until this day a portion of them they did not destroy they did not take possession of them but rather it says but it came about meaning these canaanites they came about for mas oved meaning that that they had to work and their work was considered tribute a a payment they had to labor for the children of of the sons of joseph in order to 
survive. So they were allowed to exist. They weren't taken possession of. They were ruled over but not destroyed. And they were kind of indentured servants to the the tribe of Joseph. Now learn one thing, and that is this, and I'll close with this, that there is a great difference between what we read in the Bible about slavery and indentured servant and the slavery that normally we think of that abusive very exploitative this oppression of surgery that god hates it's very different in the bible the rules the restrictions why it was done how it was done you cannot compare what we think of slavery that happened for example in america that was detestable and slavery that's on the uprise now throughout the world that cannot be compared to what the scripture is speaking about it's totally different a different purpose a different rule so perhaps one day we'll talk about that difference in slavery but until then may god bless you again thank you for joining together with us and until next week may god place his favor upon you shalom from israel Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus as you walk with it. Shalom from Israel.